Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. From leaving her corporate life to starting her own business, you're about to witness what it takes to persevere through the exciting journey of entrepreneurship. Stay tuned as we hear the story of Ju Ru, the founder of Hero Cosmetics. Hi everyone and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success, and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable & Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable & Main has been an incredible journey so far, and I've decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully inspire and help each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's a delight to introduce you our guest for today, the wonderful Ju Vu. Ju is the founder of Hero Cosmetics, a superpower beauty brand that has revolutionized the world of skincare, especially with their viral Mighty Patch, an acne patch that provides you with a real solution for those pimple emergencies. I'm so excited to be sitting down with her to learn exactly how she built her mighty empire. So Ju, thank you so much for being with us today. Hi, everybody. And thanks for having me. I'm so excited to share my story. And I love that you're doing this because... I think I learned the most from fellow founders as well. Oh, thank you. I know, exactly. And that's, that's the mission behind it. Um, so, Julie, just to start with, I ask every single guest the same question. And it's quite a tough question. But in a nutshell, in a few sentences, who is Jew? Tell us about you. Wow, that's, that's an, a simple question, but a hard question. I am... Obviously, co-founder, CEO of Hero Cosmetics. I live in Paris and split my time between Paris and New York. I love big ideas. I've always been really fascinated with innovation and ideas and uh, just entrepreneurship. I I just love the create the creativity that comes along with it. Um, I am just a really curious person, so kind of along the lines of being interested in ideas and innovation, just always curious that sort of 
what's the new, new thing? And um, always asking questions like, why is this like this? And why is this not available there? Um, and I'm just, I'm just someone who's learning all the, all, you know, all, all along the way every day, you know, I definitely don't have all the answers and my mindset is always just to continue to learn and grow. Incredible. Um, and you have a really unique, I think not only experience, but perspective through your experiences, because you have this sort of triangle life of Korea, USA and France, um, which I think I can relate to with being India USA and UK, or, and also France in a way. I lived in Paris. Um, but I, I do want to start at the beginning where I think, um, I know you were an expat at Korea, but where, where were you born and what was that kind of childhood like for you? Sure. I was born in Seoul, South Korea. They call, in Korea, they call my generation sort of 1.5 because I moved when I was three years old to the US. So, you know, technically I was born in Korea, so I'm not technically a second generation uh, Korean American in the U.S., but I'm also not first generation because culturally I'm very American and you know I'm much more comfortable speaking English than I am Korean. So I'm sort of in between um, first generation and second generation. So I moved when I was three because uh, of my dad who took a job as an ex- expat in the Seattle, Washington area. Um, he then had left his job and started his own business, which is sort of. Um, I joke that entrepreneurship is sort of in my blood, partly because of him. And yeah, I mean, I I had an opportunity to go back to Korea back in 2012 as an expat, partly to sort of rediscover uh, my birth country and, you know, really connect with that side, which was an awesome experience. And partly why Mighty Patch exists, because I just, I, I came across this whole category of acne patches in Korea um, so I think that cross-cultural experience really helped me and really helped obviously launch our business. And I think at that time, there probably wasn't really any kind of revolutionary kind of acne-based product in the USA, right? So was that kind of a big reason why you wanted to bring this? Yes, exactly. Because I had suffered on and off from breakouts and, you know, even sometimes I still do, especially with maskne and all the masks. Um, and... I, you know, I would use like the pink creams or the white creams. I would try toothpaste. I tried everything and nothing really worked. And I have dry and sensitive skin. So a lot of times it would leave my skin in worse condition, like really red and sensitive. <clears throat> so when I went to Korea and I, I used the acne patch for the first time, I was just blown away at how well it worked. I loved how it absorbed all the gunk out. It protected me from touching or picking that area. And I was like, why am I learning about this now? Why does this not exist more in the U.S.? Why do more people not know about it? And to me, it was like the best thing since sliced bread for this category. And, and I just had a hunch that if uh, someone or if I could bring it to the U.S., support it with education and the marketing that it needed, that, that we could be launching basically a whole new category, product category in acne care. And that's essentially what we did. And it's truly revolutionary. I personally am a huge fan. I use it all the time and it really does work incredibly well. So guys that really do try it. And it is very interesting because I actually am someone who never touched wood, but I had really great skin, never had any acne issues, never had anything. But, you know, recently, as you kind of said, with the whole mask and sometimes my stress and, I sometimes get here and there some blemishes and pimples and the Mighty Patch is my go-to because I put it on, it's gone. 
And but what I love yeah. about what you've done is you've still made it so accessible. It's pretty much in most, you know, with the Amazon yes. partnership, but also with the price point, which a lot of, you know, there are some right. blemish patches and acne patches today, but they're really quite expensive. So um, was that something that you always envisioned from day one? Is that what it was like in Korea? Was it very accessible? So you wanted to bring that here? Yeah, it, so it was very accessible in Korea. Um, I... I wanted to make our product and our brand accessible too, because my, my philosophy was um, a lot of people, 60 million Americans suffer from acne um, and, and adult acne cases are on the rise. And I wanted to make a product that, that would work um, and be a solution for all, you know, 60 million people. I didn't want to make a product that was prestige and maybe only appealed to a fraction of uh, this population. And so, and even when I see a lot of, when I was seeing a lot of the innovation and new brands that were sort of targeting blemish care, there were a lot at the Sephora's or more on the prestige end. I didn't see a lot that were kind of battling um, against like the Neutrogena's or the Clarisil's or the more sort of mass brands. And that was where I saw room to really disrupt is really these 1.0 brands, these legacy brands that had been around for decades, but really were not introducing much newness. Um, and, and so that ended up being more on the mass side of things. Right. And it's great. And, and also everyone faces that, you know, and everyone will at some point if they haven't yet. So I think that's the best part about it. But, you know, before we go deeper into Hero Cosmetics and why the name, et cetera, I do want to go back a bit and rewind into the journey because you have an incredible sure. one from your education to your corporate career. But I think I would like you to do the honors of telling us your journey in a nutshell with Kraft and American Express and also in Columbia, et cetera. Sure. Yeah. So I got my MBA at Columbia Business School, which is how I ended up at New York. Before, I worked at um, like a tech startup incubator. I also spent some time at a nonprofit in um, like a development role, which is fundraising. It's essentially like sales and marketing for a nonprofit. And so when I entered Columbia Business School, I was essentially a career switcher because I, I had recently worked at a nonprofit and I wanted to go into business. So for me, an MBA was, was um, the most kind of straight path to getting back into business and to sort of, yeah, switch industries. So I ended up going to Columbia. Um, I did my internship at Kraft Foods in brand management and it went well. So I went back full time and it's pretty interesting because back then I feel like the CPG companies were sort of, it, it was where you worked to be groomed as a potential like CEO uh, at a company. Although these days, you know, potentially, um, you know, maybe they're coming more from tech companies. I'm not sure, like an Amazon or like a Google or something. But back then, you know, if you were interested in becoming a general manager or, you know, like a future CEO or a CMO, you really wanted to start your career out at a CPG company. So that's what I did with Kraft, uh, which then became Mondelez. And I worked on the Planters brand, the Peanuts. And then I worked on a uh, small entrepreneurial brand called Back to Nature um, that sold at Whole Foods. So that was really fun. And then I was really fascinated in digital and technology because this was back like 2008 to 2010 ish. And Facebook had just become uh, known or be, it was just starting to be utilized as a marketing channel. Um, and I just felt CPG was really slow in terms of adopting technology and innovation. So I ended up working at American Express. Um, and it's interesting too, because 
at American Express, you own the, the relationship with the card member, but at a place like Kraft Foods, you don't because you always sell your product through a retailer. And it's the retailer that ends up having the relationship with the consumer. I mean, you know, you sell your products at Sephora, so it's like your customer actually is Sephora, and then Sephora, and then your end user is would be, you know, technically like Sephora's customer. Um, and so, so anyways, uh, went to American Express, and it was a different experience. It was a great experience because it's it was a dynamic where we owned that relationship with the end user. Um, so learned a lot of different types of marketing skills, like. Uh, email and direct mail and um, just added to my my skill set that way. Uh, and then I had the opportunity to go to Korea to work as an expat for Samsung. Uh, and I spent two years there. And that's where I came across the acne patches uh, while I was living there. Because as you know, working in the beauty industry, Korea is really known as a hotbed of innovation and people estimate they're like 15 years ahead of the U.S. in terms of innovation, but also adoption. So that was really fun. And I always joke that I worked for some of the world's biggest companies, but at heart, like I'm more of an entrepreneur um, because actually at these big companies, my favorite thing to do was always to be in an entrepreneurial uh, role. They call it intrapreneurship exactly. because, yeah, because you're sort of an entrepreneur within a big company. So for example, like at Kraft Foods, I always loved working on innovation, like the new flavors or the new, you know, the new product formats. Um, at American Express, I worked on a digital tool that was brand new, so that was really fun. And then at Samsung also, I was building like an e-commerce platform for the company. Um, so always these kind of, yeah, entrepreneurial roles within big companies until I started my own. So that's sort of a quick snapshot. Because uh, I think we had a, a similar where I worked in corporate at Burberry Estee Lauder Dior. Um, and again, only stayed there because I was able to be a bit of an entrepreneur building new things within a existing corporation. One question I get asked a lot, which I would love to kind of ask you for our listeners is um, there are a lot of students kind of at that crossroad. They know they want to be entrepreneurs and they're thinking, do I just go now and start my brand straight away? Or do I get that corporate experience for a couple of years, that name, there's, you know, the learnings um, and be an entrepreneur for a bit. So what would you say to them today, knowing how, you know, fast it is today with all social media and all this newness and everything. Yeah. I mean, and I'd be curious to hear uh, your answer too, but I, I mean, there's no sort of right or wrong way. I started out, obviously, uh, we, well, we both started working out, working more corporate jobs before we took the leap to entrepreneurship. And honestly, for me, I, I do feel like it served me well because I, I know what a company should look like and I, I'm able to uh, bring in processes or uh, change like the structure of things so that um, as we grow, we can mimic sort of what, a, you know, a good operating uh, company should, should behave like. Um, and I, I do rely on a lot of the training that I got from my craft days or even American Express days. And I, you know, I do have the, like the understanding and the lingo um, to be able to implement um, you know, when we were starting out Hero, I, I was able to implement a lot of these things um, uh, even very early on. So for me, like it's it was useful to be um, to have that corporate experience to sort of rely on. But, you know, I know a lot of founders where this is their first job and also their first company right out of undergrad. Um, and 
you know, they sort of learn, learn along the way. Um, I, I can't really say, you know, it's like one or the other. It's sort of it's a very personal journey, I think. But I'd be curious to hear what you what you think. No, pretty much similar to you. I, I think for me, the, the main thing I say to everyone is just understand what is your, you know, what is your why and why are you creating this business? Because I would say people are going on a boardroom meeting to think about what business they can do to fill a gap in the market. That I would say you're not ready yet, personally, because I really feel that authenticity is key. You had a story when you went to Korea, you know, you saw your own experience. I had a thing with seeing no hair care that was representing the Ayurvedic storytelling in the Western world. And I think that's why it came to me. Um, So, you know, there is a little, I kind of say, don't spend too long because you can get comfortable in corporate and, you know, it's get, you know, sure. the amount of jobs I got offered and chief officer titles. And I was like, oh, should I stay another couple more years? And it becomes another year and yeah. another year. And I'm very grateful yeah. I left. But I did a good, you know, four or five year stint. And, I'm, and I think that was what I needed to be trained to who I am today. So I think both of us were probably saying the same thing where we wouldn't be where we are today if it wasn't for those experiences because we have no idea where we, right. what would have happened. So, I would say, yeah, just do it. It's, it's the best answer, as you said, is it's your personal journey. Get advice from people, get, but make your own decision. Yeah. Yeah, I agree because I think either way, um, there's benefit, you know, either either path. Um, so I agree. It's sort of what works for you and what's what's right for you at that time. Exactly. Um, I, I had one so of my, um, one of the episodes was with Taylor Franco from Nude Sticks and she started the, with her parent, her mom, you know, at 17 and now she's 25. And literally the things she's saying, I'm like, well, I need to learn that. Like it's phenomenal what she just is known by. Yeah. But then, you know, you look back and she's been a co-founder for, you know, nearly eight years. That is a lot of experience. Right. Was, uh, me at 25, I was still right. doing influencer marketing at Dior, one vertical. So right. there is that other yeah. hand of like, you know, you get to see a lot more having your own company than staying in one vertical that, that's very true. within a company. So yeah, it's it's yeah. interesting. But, you know, going back to um, your journey, I definitely want to know the name inspiration behind Hero Cosmetics. Yes. Because I love the name, but I would love to know how it came around. Okay. So when we were creating Mighty Patch, um, you know, we were sitting around and brainstorming of two co-founders. And for me, uh, acne, I knew acne was a very emotional category and emotional kind of in a bad way, because a lot of people, when they break out, they feel bad about themselves. They feel insecure. They feel, they might feel depressed. And I wanted, this product was so good. It was really important for me that it be an emotional name and also evoke like positivity and strength. And because it, I mean, you've experienced a product. It's like kind of life-changing the product when you put it on, you see the gunk on your patch. You're like, Oh my gosh. And, um, and so my co-founder actually was the one who came up with the name mighty, like mighty patch. And the minute I heard it, I loved it because yeah, it evokes, um, that positive strength that I really wanted to convey. And then with hero, um, it, again, like I, I wanted to connote something that like this product uh, is so good that it really, it literally does help save the day. And there's an element of where you, I think when, when people break out, you feel really desperate, like you're desperate to find a solution because you might have an interview that day or the next day, or you have a date and you want to look your best. Uh, and so you're sort of desperate to find something that works and you know, uh, Mighty Patch and our products are, are there to be um, 
to be there in that time of need. And so when we, when we brainstorm hero, I was like, Oh, I think that's such a great name. I can't believe, I can't believe we can get it. Um, and so it was really like the emotion behind it. That was really important to me. Um, and, and really communicating that positivity and that strength and the fact that we want to be there for people in their time of uh, need. I, I, I think it's so genius. And as you said that I got a bit of goosebumps when you said like, you know, you're going to be there in the time of need, like heroes are, and it's exactly what your products are. Hero Cosmetics does the same for your skin. Um, but also that sense of empowerment with the power element of you can yes. feel right. strong. You can feel self-confident with this patch on your face. And I actually have, you know, I think you've said this in a few interviews as well that I've read, like you want people to go out on the day with this patch on and don't feel ashamed that I've got this pimple patch on my face. And I've been having Zoom meetings where I literally have it on my face, left, right and center. And no one says anything because it's just like, no one one really cares. So It's very discreet. Is that one of your kind of, um, have you found that people really are starting to move towards being very, um, you know, owning their pimple in the sense of, yes, it's a pimple yes, I'm going to fix it. It's okay. We all deal with it. Yeah. Yeah, I do. It's funny because, um, just yesterday someone, um, sent a tweet and tagged me and, and, and they said, um, you know, normalize wearing acne patches during a zoom call. Uh, and, and so I thought that was, I thought that was so true. And I love that sentiment because she, she didn't, she doesn't care. Like she knows she has a breakout and she's going to you know put a pimple patch on it and just, you know, live her day as a normal day rather than, because I remember there were times where I would break out and, you know, I would do everything that I I could do to cover it up and, you know, put all this like, concealer on and it was all about hiding. Mm. It was all about hiding this blemish. Um, you know, I'd like cover my hair in a certain way so that I would cover the breakout or whatnot. And so I loved what she wrote because uh, it just shows this attitude of, uh, yeah, like let's normalize this. I have it. So what? Like, I'm just going to put a pimple patch on it and, and then it will go you know, act like there's nothing there. Yeah. Um, I- Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
and it, and it, and it, a, it's really fast effect. It's, you know, it works really well, but also what I love is it's, I'm very highly melanated. It works for all skin types, you know, and there's been so many times where I've worn it wanting to like wear it for a couple of hours and take it off before I go out. Let's say I'm going to the gym and I just forget. Cause I didn't even realize when I look in the mirror, it's on me. <laughs> and then I go and I'm like, yeah. Oh my God, I had this under my nose the whole Whoops. time. But no one did anything. So it's been quite, yeah. um, you know, maybe no one just realizes and it's great. So definitely love that. Normalize it. But you have also, you know, expanded out of the mighty patch into a lot of great products from sunscreen to serums. So, um, are you guys really positioning yourselves as a sort of, acne focused brand or a skincare brand or a bit of everything what's your positioning yeah we are a functional skincare brand we're currently focused on acne um so the idea with acne is i you know i really want to bring a lot of innovation and newness to this very sleepy category i want to uh, create so any type of pimple problem you might have i want our brand to have a solution for it so uh, the redness after you break out we have a product for that the dark spot, like I always get the hyperpigmentation that, that stays for like months after a breakout. We have a product for that. Um, maybe you want to prevent acne. We have products for that. So any type of yeah pimple issue you might have, we want to be prepared to have a solution for you. And our products, um, again, they can be work, they can be used together as a routine and as a regimen. They can be used separately and incorporated into an existing routine or regimen. But the idea really, yeah, again, is to offer any, any and all type of product for your people concern. Amazing. And I mean, I, I think a lot of people have seen the success now, and I think Amazon has been definitely a huge part of it because of the accessibility and the worldwide reach. So more from a business yes. perspective, um, I, for my brand, kind of knew it was a kind of product with the price point for a Sephora type customer. Um, at the beginning, did you have mm -hmm. a vision for it to be like an Amazon product or what was your thought process as a company with your co-founders? Well, yeah, I think we started on Amazon because we were bootstrapped and it was cheapest, fastest, and quickest. Um, so, and we kind of put it on Amazon as a, to prove, as a test to prove out product market fit. I wanted to prove out this theory that if I could offer this product um, and position it as more of a beauty product, that, it, you know, that there would be demand that people would be willing to pay a little bit of a premium compared to what was already on Amazon. Um, and we proved that out to be true. And then quickly, like I went, I started pitching retailers. So I, I joked that we did, we're like a digitally native brand, but we did DTC backwards because we went Amazon retail and then DTC. Most brands they do, they start with DTC and then they will do retail and then maybe they tack on Amazon later. So we did it in the reverse, um, but it actually served us quite well. And our distribution strategy mimics kind of the, yeah, the philosophy we have for our brand, um, which is that we wanted to make it um, accessible to as many people as possible. We wanted people to purchase, purchase our product wherever they buy acne products, online, offline, on Amazon, at Target, um, you know, maybe they prefer buying online at D2C. Um, and so we have a very... You know, we have really big visions for distribution, but we take a very targeted approach. So at first we launched on Amazon. 
And then we just kind of, we focus 100% on Amazon. And now we're like the number one, roughly the number one product in the beauty and personal care category. And we have over 60,000 reviews. And people ask me like, how did you do that? How did you find the success on Amazon? And partly it's because for the first like year, all we focused on was Amazon. And then, um, you know, we're at Target, obviously they're, they're our biggest retail partner. And we get calls all the time from other people uh, wanting our product, but we said for the first like two or three years, we're only going to focus on Target as our mass retail partner. We want to, you know, build our brand there, do really well there, um, and we're one of the top brands in our category um, at Target, which is very exciting. So, so we have this like very big vision, but a very focused and disciplined approach. I, I know it's so inspiring. And what, what does it feel like to like have your baby? become like no longer a baby you know it's so it becomes so big that um yes. it kind of grows on its own and you're like wow this is hero cosmetics like what does that feel like today yeah um it's wild because i mean i'll tell you we're gonna be at, we're uh we'll be a nine-figure brand this year Amazing. And, and we've been around for four years like a little less than four years yeah. And um, I, I remember early on when we first started, I told myself, if I can get this business to 10 million in revenue, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be like, okay, I made it. That's it. Um, and obviously, we've vastly exceeded that in a short span of time. So it just, just I don't know, it kind of just blows my mind every day. But, but the crazy thing, too, is that uh, I still think it's really early innings for us. Like, I see so much opportunity for us in other countries at other retailers in different product categories and so my mind now is sort of you know how big how big can we get like where can we go how far can we go i honestly it i think you it's also your kind of business acumen mixed with the initial starting point of being quite smart to say we're not going for that sephora route which a lot of people do because it's shiny and it's Sephora you went for actually let's go global big and you know be the next whether it's Cesaris or you know all these companies and I think that is where I think you can only you know that's where the nine figures will come from and I think that's not the goal but I think see it as more of not the revenue but as you're probably seeing as the amount of people you're helping you know which is so important. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no, you know, I think there are obviously many amazing brands that are in the prestige category and, um, and also a lot of new brands that are coming in the mass category. And, um, and it's interesting because we we're actually more mastige and uh, early on, I never thought of us as, as like a prestige brand or anything like that. But it was really interesting because early on um, Goop took us and there's in on the line and there's Neiman Marcus took us um, in their stores. And I was like, wow, that's so interesting because I never thought we'd be at a Neiman Marcus. Um, but what I think what we're seeing right now these days is that there are, you know, there's more, there's blurring between, um, between sort of mass and prestige and so we sort of call ourselves mastige because we're not quite like a five dollar cleanser you know but we're also not like a 35 dollar cleanser or product so we're kind of in the middle and um and there's there's kind of an interesting dynamic there uh that i think is changing and evolving right now 
No, definitely. Um, well, I want to get a bit more into just your kind of personal routine and what keeps you so motivated and grounded. But just to finish off on Hero, what's the, the future looking like for Hero? And is it a sort of, you? will you continue growing it or will it be eventually an exit strategy in your mind? What's your headset at? Um, I mean, um, it's a good question. I, I don't really know. But, you know, I think the number one goal right now is we want to dominate acne and the acne care category. Yeah, again, bring in the innovation. And uh, we actually raised some money late last year. Um, but we actually didn't raise money for the money. We did it for partnership. Um, and they've been, uh, the fund's name is Aria Growth Partners, and they've been amazing partners to us and have really helped elevate our business, actually. And so I, I think that's more like the, the, the frame of mind that I have is along the way, can we find the right partners who can help continue to elevate uh, our business? And if there are, you know, I think that those are always interesting conversations to have. Um, but I see a lot of opportunity for us in different product categories, um, in different retailers, and also I think global, very interested um, in expanding globally at some point. No, definitely. And, and actually, has the pandemic helped you a lot um, with the business today, especially with the whole mask knee thing? Yes. Yeah, because last year, well, we were really lucky on two fronts. So one was um, more people were breaking out due to the mask knee. Um, and so as people were breaking out, they were looking for an, uh, an acne solution. So they would discover a body patch. And then the other thing where we lucked out with is um, our distribution strategy, because unfortunately, a lot of stores were forced to close last year, except for, um, what were they called? They were called... Um, essential retailers. So Amazon was always open. A target was always open. And those are channels where we, where we were selling. And so um, I think what we saw was there was a lot of buying behavior that, that moved from, you know, these businesses that had to close to these essential channels uh, where we were. And so ended up benefiting our business. Amazing. Well, well, I'm so excited for the future of hero. Um, but uh, I think a lot of people will be so eager to learn about like how you do do it all and how you stay so motivated um, especially during the pandemic so what well, in a nutshell what's your routine like like your morning routine or your mantras of the day what's it like morning routine um i always eat breakfast i you know i was just talking to someone about the merits of intermittent fasting and i just i don't think i can do it because i love to eat and i love having a good breakfast and it's usually like more protein heavy so you know, cottage cheese or hard boiled eggs or something like that. Um, I, I always try to work out, uh, usually in the mornings, like three times a week. Um, usually some kind of like cardio or, um, like hit or boot camp type of workout. Um, I, I do all my, a lot of my emails in the mornings. Um, and especially when I'm in France, I have, there's a six hour time difference, so I'm six hours ahead, um, which means I missed emails in the evening, maybe while I was sleeping. So when I wake up, um, I usually wake up to a lot of emails. So my mornings are usually kind of my, um, it's like my catch up time. So yeah, catching up on emails. I look at my calendar, structure my day. Um, but one thing that I, I'm reading this book called The Art of Gathering and uh, I was talking about it with some friends. I, I think I might start doing this, but sort of sending an intention 
for your meetings or setting an intention for your day. Um, and when you use that sort of frame of mind, it kind of changes the way that you approach the day or approach like meetings, for example. So I think that's something that I'm going to be incorporating more into my daily schedule, setting an attention. Oh, I love it. I think, I, I think I need to do the same. So that's a very good point for everyone listening. And before we go into the fire round questions and we kind of close off the episode, I do want to just ask, what's it like? being in France half the time of the time and US and as a personal question too, because, you know, lived in France. Yeah. Um, what's it like? Do you get the best of both worlds? Uh, I do. I mean, yeah. And, and Paris is great because a lot of people come through Paris, like either as a tourist or for business. So um, actually, you know, have a fair amount of meetings in Paris. Like I just saw our former CFO for lunch and I met our former banker for coffee. And uh, so that's kind of nice. Um, but I, I used to have FOMO back like before COVID when everyone was in the office. I sort of had some FOMO because everyone else was in the office except for me. And I felt like I was missing out on conversations and relationships. And then once, once the pandemic started and actually currently we're more hybrid, I feel less FOMO just because most people are working remotely. And so uh, it's not unusual for me also to be uh, remote and abroad or at least not in New York. Um, and usually when I'm in New York once a month, so I'm in New York right now. This is my week to be in New York this month. And, you know, before my weeks were really, really busy, like I would just try to, you know, catch up on meetings and try to see people that I needed to see. And, try, you know, I would say yes to like every event or um, invitation that I had. So my evenings were quite busy. But actually, now that, you know, I've been doing this back and forth for quite a while, I'm... I, I don't plan my week as much. I just, I show up and, um, you know, for me, my priority is like my family, my friends, my work and anything else. I, I, I just, I, I tell myself like, I don't have to go. It's probably not that important, uh, which is actually quite nice because my time here is now a lot more free. I'm not as tired when I go back. Um, and it's, it's, yeah, I'm not as burnt out, which is, which I think is a good thing. Amazing. Um, and now I do ask this question to everyone. Um, it's basically a bit of a travel way to question. I think for you it's very uh, pertinent because you do go between France and the US, but uh, TSA is opening up. They're being a little bit difficult and they're saying, look, Drew, you can travel, but only one beauty product from Hero Cosmetics can you bring with you? I think I already know the answer, but what is your go-to Hero product? Right now, I'm gonna. I would bring our SPF. Oh, okay. We just I launched it. Yeah, we that. just launched. Yeah, you probably didn't think that, but we yeah we just launched a super light SPF, um, and I wear SPF every day. If I don't wear SPF, I kind of I get nervous. I'm like, oh my gosh, my skin. <laughs> I'm getting attacked by UV and UV, you know, UVB, UVA, UVB rays. Um, but yeah, I wear SPF uh, every day. I love our SPF. It has an amazing texture, uh, definitely became a top seller very quickly on our website. And that's one product I would bring. Amazing. I'm going to go straight to cart later and get it because I'm excited. I, I need a new good SPF. So that's exciting. Um, so uh, now fire round questions. Um, and first okay. thing comes top of mind. So what's another beauty or skincare brand that you love? Uh, I do love Drunk Elephant. I, I, I do love a lot of their products. Yeah. 
And I love the the story behind the name with the marula oil and a drunk elephant. So I know. It's so really good. cool. Such a good story. Yeah. Um, what's a guilty pleasure of yours? Chocolate cake. I love, I love chocolate and I just love chocolate cake. <laughs> Me too. I just, the other day I was watching Matilda and I saw that chocolate cake scene where the guy was eating so much chocolate and I was like, oh, I need to have chocolate cake. But I'm vegan now, so there's not many good vegan chocolate cakes, unfortunately, but maybe good for my mm. diet. Maybe better. Gotcha. Um, what, yeah. I, uh, what are you currently watching or reading? I know you said about the, the book with the gathering, uh, the actor gathering, but... Um, what else are you watching or reading? Uh, you know what? I'm watching The Unorthodox Life, which is on Netflix. It was a really interesting show because it's this amazing woman who um, grew basically for 43 years of her life, uh, grew up in the Orthodox Jewish community. And then she escaped or she left her community and she started a business. She sold a shoe business. She sold her business to La Perla. And then became creative director of La Perla. She's now the CEO of Elite World Management. And it's kind of a fun, like, I was really impressed by her, her, like, courage to, you know, do that. And so uh, it's also just kind of a fun show to watch. It's on Netflix. Okay, I'll add that to my list as well. Cool. And what's your favorite social media platform right now? Twitter. I love Twitter. And for anyone that is interested in entrepreneurship, Twitter is the best. I think it's like, I, I joke, it's better than MBA. <laughs> and I got an MBA, you know, so <laughs> I really love Twitter. I, you're the first guest that said that. Everyone goes to TikTok or Instagram, but I love that Twitter. Yeah, it's so important as well for, info. Yeah. but you have to vet that there's a lot of also with any social media platform, there's a lot of news that can be good. But I think Twitter is very good. It's very in the moment as well. Um, and if you weren't a beauty entrepreneur, what would you be? If I didn't have to work for money, I always said I'd be a photojournalist because I, I love to travel and I mean, I'm not that good at taking pictures, but maybe, maybe I can like learn and be better, but uh, just, I love like the images of people, of these photojournalists who capture like real and raw moments. And mm. I think it's so captivating and it'd be such an adventure. I love That's that. I yeah. Telling a story through photos is the, one of the most beautiful things. Um, so Great. Well, Jew, it's been an absolute pleasure. Your story is so incredible and so inspiring, but I know it's also just the beginning because this is only, you know, it's crazy to think Hero Cosmetics was born in 2017 and where it is today. So I'm so excited to see where you're, you know, what's the future in, ahead of you, but where can everyone find and follow you and Hero to stay in tune with the journey? Yeah, I mean, you can find Hero Cosmetics, uh, obviously on TikTok or on Instagram and the handle is Hero Cosmetics. Uh, for me, my handle is usually just my name, so J U R H Y U G U um, on most platforms, so Twitter, Instagram. Not really on TikTok, but yeah, that's where you can find us. Amazing! All the links will be in the summary hyperlinked as well. But thank you so much, and um, I'm sure we'll we'll be staying connected, and uh, hopefully, I'll see you maybe in New York, maybe in in Paris. Let's see. Yes, one of those. We'll definitely be meeting up. hope you enjoyed this episode of founded beauty as much as i had making it and if you did please share it with a friend who you think will love it too founded beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as apple Podcasts, spotify amazon music Podcasts, the acast app and many more and i'm also very proud to be part of the acast creator network so be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop we really appreciate every single follow listen share and review it truly goes such a long way and helps us reach 
new listeners. So as a little thank you, I will be hosting a giveaway each week on my Instagram channel at meta underscore a, where you can win some amazing Fable and Main goodies. All you have to do is follow me, check out my stories and all will be revealed. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founders Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.